Hello and welcome to the Cultivated by Karen show. I'm your host, Karen Antonini. This show is a blend of culture, cuisine, and comfort. So if you're interested in exploring culinary and cultural experiences, learning about people whose love for food and drink have inspired enterprises, and discovering a few new recipes, you've come to the right place. Welcome friends. Today, I'm really excited to introduce my guest, Clay Conley, James Beard nominated chef, and partner of award-winning restaurants Bucan, Imoto, and Grotto in Palm Beach, Florida. Clay has been honored with five James Beard Award nominations for Best Chef South and was listed as a top 25 Best Chefs of the American South. He has cooked on Emerald's Florida and has appeared on the Food Network and Cooking Channel, The Today Show, and Fox and Friends. Today, Clay will share with us how his upbringing influenced his use of fresh, flavorful ingredients, how his global experiences have inspired his choice of cuisine in his restaurants, and he will share a delicious recipe with us. Welcome to the show, Clay. It's so great to have you here today. Oh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, Clay, you've had such great success to date, and your star is still rising, But before we dive into your current endeavors, I'd love to hear about your childhood and growing up on your family farm in Maine. Sure. Um, I grew up in Maine. Uh, I I actually moved there when I was two. Um, And uh, we had like a, my dad had, it was more of a hobby farm. Um, We had, you know, several pigs, a bunch of sheep, chickens, a huge garden, and then a couple thousand fruit trees that uh, I planted uh, behind my dad while he drove the tractor and drilled the holes. Uh, so, uh, it was, uh, you know, I grew up with a lot of, uh, you know, fresh produce and, and fresh meat. And so it was, uh, you know, at the time I I felt like it was, it was hard work and I hated it. And every weekend we had to go do stuff, chop wood and, and, uh, stack wood and feed the animals. But, uh, I guess in hindsight, you know, kind of, I think kind of, uh, sculpted the person I am today or how I think about things. Absolutely. I've had some other guests on the show and I think that when you grow up on a farm, it's hard to kind of go back from those fresh, really eating fresh foods and, and how you eat and how you create dishes. Yeah. So did you cook as well growing up? Um, I, I was a latchkey kid. So my parents were, you know, didn't get home. I would get home before my parents usually. So I would always, you know, I would mess around in the kitchen and I mean, make some crazy stuff, concoctions. I wouldn't quite <laughs> call it cuisine at the time, but I always had kind of a, an interest in it. Um, and then when I was, I guess, uh, maybe it was junior high, or I don't know, maybe 13 or 14, I started working in a local restaurant, washing dishes. And uh, I just kind of like, fell in love with, I was, I loved washing dishes. I would try and get the dishes done as fast as I could. Cause I knew if, if I did that, I could go like chop the button mushrooms in half and, and do whatever other things besides washing dishes in the back. So I just kind of, you know, I, I felt good there. So that kind of all through college, all through high school, I was working in restaurants and, and uh, that was, that was kind of it. Wow, that's incredible that you really felt that that passion just uh-huh. by by doing the dishes and wanting to get into the other areas of the kitchen. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Did you go on to culinary school? I didn't go to culinary school. Um, I went to Tulane for a brief time, 
And then I went to Florida State uh, for their hotel restaurant management program. Um, but it just wasn't wasn't really that side of the I always wanted to cook. So I kind of uh, I was there for, I guess, three years. And then I kind of moved on to uh, I ended up moving to Boston. And that's where I hooked up with Todd English. That's so amazing. Tell me what it was like working for Todd English. Uh, it was, I love Todd, man. Um, the, uh, it was crazy. I mean, the, back in the day, the olives in Boston was, you know, there was no reservations at five o'clock. There was a line of, you know, a hundred people stretching around the, the block waiting to either sit down and eat then or put their name down for later in the night. So it was, uh, it was so busy and, um, there was, the menu was huge. And then on top of that, there was like, I don't know, a specials page with like, you know, anywhere from 15 to 25 specials a night. And Todd is a mad scientist. So he would like come in at five o'clock and be putting stuff on the menu and changing stuff. And it was very hectic and, and breakneck speed. But I think it, again, it's one of those things that at the time it, it can, could drive you nuts, but you know, it's all, all good in in the long run and training wise. And it sounds like you really thrived in that environment because then you went on to become the culinary director for him, correct? I did. Several, several years later, we opened a bunch of uh, restaurants for him. You know, we we opened D.C. and and uh, Vegas. I was out in Vegas for four years at the Olives there. Um, and then we got a chance to open the restaurant in Tokyo, which is no longer there, but moved to Japan and opened the Olives over there, which was another amazing experience. And then after that, I was his culinary director. So there were what, like 18 or 20 restaurants? Yeah, something something like that. Yeah. And it was, uh, you know, that that was an experience, you know, it was just a lot less cooking than I'm good at cooking. (laughs) Yeah, you (laughs) are. That's what I love to do. But, uh, you know, like managing 18 chefs and, and, that kind of stuff is not my bag. So <laughs> I quickly realized that, you know, I wasn't the right fit for that job and I had to get back in the kitchen. So. But it sounds like you're living and working in Tokyo. You were really influenced by Japanese cuisine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so crazy. Like every, you know, the prep cooks and the, and the servers and everybody knew when, every season was, you know, like, Oh, it's cherry season or, you know, you know, they just don't know any other way. Like they don't eat anything that's not perfectly in season. So it's just a different, different cult. And, you know, the food, like if you go out at four in the morning, the food is amazing. You know, you go out to some noodle shop and you're like blown away by the noodles. It's just, everybody takes just, they take the ingredients so seriously and the, and the technique it's pretty remarkable. That's the way it should be really eating that seasonally. And, and I think that sense of pride too is so special that you find a lot overseas, whether it's, it's Japan or Europe, that is pretty special. So then you went on, you auditioned to become chef de cuisine at Asul at the Mandarin Oriental. I did. Yeah. Um, I had a friend that I worked with at the Bellagio who had moved on from the Bellagio. He was the food and beverage director and he, worked for the Mandarin uh, corporate food and beverage. So he had invited me to come down there and check it out and um, do a tasting in Miami. You know, I'd, I'd never, 
you know, I'd gone to school in Tallahassee, but hadn't spent much time in Miami. So we ended up making the move down there and no kids young. And, you know, it was crazy times, but it was, it was, you know, again, it was a good move for, I guess it's your journey. So it doesn't, but it was, uh, it was cool. Yeah. Big difference between uh-huh. <laughs> Tallahassee and Miami, yeah. but what a great experience. And the, the landscape too, the food landscape is so different in yeah. Miami. Yeah. That must've been really yeah. exciting. Definitely like opened my eyes to the Peruvian and, you know, all that South American culture down there and, and foods that kind of make their way up to Miami. Um, so that was cool. I mean, working at the Mandarin was like, you know, they did, I, I don't think I could tell you what my food cost was any month that I worked there the six years. Uh, it didn't really matter. Uh, I'm sure it was up in the forties and fifties, but, uh, you know, I could just order whatever I wanted. So I really learned to appreciate like finding the top ingredients that I could possibly source and, uh, you know, gave me an appreciation for, you know, when you start with an ingredient that's amazing, you know, the less you have to do with it. I, I, you know, I learned that lesson. I feel like when I first got to Azul, I was very young and, and I wanted to show, I could do this and I was putting, you know, and I think this is common for a lot of chefs, you know, putting a lot of components on a plate and like tons of different techniques and really trying, almost like trying to show, not really showing off, but to prove yourself. Um, And I feel like now it's kind of, all right, let's find a good ingredient. Let's do less to it and let the, you know, let that sing. You found your zone. It yeah. sounds like. <laughs> so how long were you at Azul? Uh, I think almost six years. Yeah. Wow. Five and a half years. And I went That's... right up to Michelle Bernstein. So that was some, uh, some large shoes to uh, fill. <laughs> Definitely. Wow. Yeah, the major mark. And then, so what happened next? Then it was. Then, uh, yeah, well, Piper, uh, our our mutual acquaintance and, and yes. partner at Bukan and good friend uh, used to come into Azul and eat with Sarah. Uh, they would come sit at the bar like every month or so. And uh, we became friendly and, and uh, you know, he was like, Hey, if you ever want to open a restaurant somewhere, let's, I'd love to be an investor. So that's kind of where we met. Um, we looked around in Miami and just couldn't, you know, find a space that made sense. And, uh, then I'd never been to Palm Beach. He's like, hey, just come up to Palm Beach. There's a space on the corner that's, you know, been sitting here. It was Beach House Bistro, which is our current Bucon space. And it had been, you know, as you know, several restaurants had failed there. It was never really a, a great restaurant site. Everybody was, you know, uh, that's a terrible site. And, you know, nothing's been able to make it there. So we we took the, the, the leap and uh, signed the lease. Yeah. <laughs> That, uh, I'm, and I'm so glad you did. I think lots of people are happy. So that was what, 2011? You opened Bukan? Uh, 2011, yeah. Yep. And then you opened Imoto, so, which, which means little sister. Uh-huh. So I found that interesting. Right next door uh-huh. is Imoto. Yeah. And just out of your curiosity, there's no sign on the door really for Imoto. Is there a reason for that? Um. Yes. Uh, we weren't allowed to put a sign on the, on the door. Uh, it was, we filed it as an extension to Bukan. Uh, <laughs> it's officially uh, Emoto at Bukan. Um, uh, 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 with, with the higher ups. 
So well, it's very, it's almost like this little niche that you go in and it's like, oh, it's yeah. it, it's much different than Bukan, but it's yeah. equally it's uh excellent, excellent sushi. Yeah. So then so then you open Grotto. So you've had success with Bukan and Emoto, and then you oh. open Grotto 2016. Yep. Yeah. You know, we originally were going to open it as like a very casual Italian pizza, pasta, like very low end, not low end, but like super casual. And we've just kind of, uh, you know, over the years, it's kind of gotten a little less Italian, more Mediterranean, um, you know, more of the style and and more, more, I guess, more of the style of Bukan, not really the style of Bukan, but, you know, it's it's uh the ingredients were getting better and and uh you know we kind of pivoted slightly so now well, it's more mediterranean yeah, yeah some fusion it's they're all such such great restaurants and then of course the bukan sandwich shop which <laughs> i mean i remember when you opened that and there was a line out the door i guess now after post covid with the curbside pickup it's yeah. <laughs> curbed your line but it's I mean, it's like I always say, you guys have the golden touch. It's pretty incredible, the success yeah. of your restaurants. <laughs> I mean, if you ask any one of uh, the guys that I cooked with at the original Olives when I was, I don't know, 19 or 20 years old, all they would talk about was opening a sandwich shop. That was like, that's been on my radar since I was a kid. Really? Um, and uh, so it's it was a dream come true to finally open one. That's amazing. And you're just right there, aside from Grotto, which is in West Palm, but it's everything is in that same block, just right around the corner. Yeah. And I love that you make those those um those chips, the homemade chips, potato chips, and everything's yeah. fresh. And I love this tagline of yours, the locally grown locally grown, globally inspired. I think oh, that's yeah. so so amazing. Yeah. You really can, like you said, you can taste all the the flavors and and kind of the fusion of what you've picked up and learned over the years yeah yeah it's it's a nice place to cook because you know we have there's so many great ingredients in in florida you know local farms and fish and and whatnot so it's uh, it's a you know it's a fun place and in the middle of the winter when everybody else is serving white beans you're serving tomatoes <laughs> and salad greens and so it's fresh corn you know so it's it's cool. Absolutely. And I believe I read where you and your wife have cultivated a large garden for the restaurants. Are you still we, doing that? Uh, it wasn't my wife and I was, it was me. And, well, it wasn't me. Uh, I tried it first and I, it was like <laughs> way too much work. And then this local guy, Jack, um, no, we had a, we had a regular of ours who loaned us this huge plot of land and we had some, a bunch of raised beds Um and it's, it was right in town in West Palm Beach. So we were growing a bunch of stuff there. I brought in this guy, Jack, uh, who's like a local gardener. And we were growing a lot of stuff at one point. And then the guy ended up moving a house onto the property. So we had to dump it. But uh, uh, yeah, it was fun. I mean, uh, definitely, uh, it's it sounds better than it really is, like trying to grow all your own stuff. It's like I I, I give it up to these guys. It's It's hard work. Oh no, you definitely would have to to have someone do that. You have enough <laughs> enough yeah. on your plate, so to speak, <laughs> to tend a garden. But <laughs> so you've had several James Beard nominations. Can you share those with us? It's a great honor to be mentioned as as one of the best chefs in the area, and I love that. It's still such a prestigious award, and Very and you cool. have an upcoming James Beard platform in New York with yeah. some other 
steps, correct? Can you share right. that with So me, Lindsay Autry from the regional Pushkar, and I won't try and butcher his last name, uh, from Stage, who I love. I love both of them. Uh, and Jeremy Ford from Miami uh, also has a restaurant up in Palm Beach County. I think Tim Lipman will be there from Culinary uh, and the Parched Pig. Um, so we're doing like five nights. They take over the whole um, the platform, James Beard platform. Um, so the first night is like a media reception with all, all of us cooking. And then subsequently there's like four nights of solo dinners and lunches and stuff like that. So I've got the last night, Saturday night, uh, I'm doing dinner with Isley Vineyards out of Napa Valley. Um, so yeah, I'm excited about that. Be good to get back to the city. Absolutely. It sounds so exciting. I think that's the end of July. So, and I think Pushkar had said that the tickets will go on sale soon. So we'll, yeah, look for that link yeah. <laughs> to be able to hopefully uh, anyone in New York City in the end of July that can go see you guys. Anybody that's there hasn't left town. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> What's next on the horizon for you, Clay? Um, I don't know. Um, we're We're always looking around for different stuff but you know what i'm i'm pretty pretty content the way things are uh just you know keep working at it absolutely good place you've got such great such great restaurants what is your signature dish or style would you say um i think more more of a style is you know i love to take you know obviously good ingredients and and just kind of you know, I like to do plays on old classic dishes. I like to do, you know, I guess, I guess I like big, bold flavors. Um, I love acidity. So I like like balanced food. I mean, not that everybody doesn't want balanced food, but like if, if something's really rich and heavy, I, I like like a chill, bright, acidic, crunchy salad with it, you know, kind of like to keep your mouth like different different textures and temperatures and, and different tastes throughout your mouth. That's kind of what we try and do. Absolutely. I think that the idea of a, a modern American restaurant with all the different flavors that you bring in is it just makes it, I think that's to me what sets Bukhan apart that, that you always have different things and, um, and all your restaurants. I mean, it's just so fresh and flavorful. So yeah. amazing. Yeah, we try and try and change it up a bit, you know, and keep keep, you know, there's so much stuff coming in and out of season. So we try and keep up with that. And, you know, it keeps I think it keeps me interested. It keeps the chefs interested. And I think the cooks, you know, they like to see new stuff and learn. Definitely. And it makes it special. I mean, when you go to order and you think, oh, no, it's not there, but it's nice that it's seasonal. You know, it will probably come back, but it's Uh but there's something else in its place. So good to try new things. (laughs) <laughs> it's nice that you think that. I get, we do get some pushback from uh, some guests. They're like, there's the Brussels sprout Caesar. <laughs> but you can't control the seasonality. <laughs> so. yeah, that's my excuse. Brussels sprouts are out of season. Sorry. That's right. <laughs> that is a good dish. <laughs> well, on that note, we are going to take a quick break, but please don't go anywhere. When we come back, Clay will share a favorite recipe with us. We'll be right back.
Have you ever wondered how confectionaries are made, how spirits are distilled, or how scallops are harvested? Well, I'm Karen Antonini, the host of the Cultivated by Karen show. Each week, we'll take you around the world from the shores of Nantucket to the hills of Donegal to the Douro Valley. Our guests share their inspiring journeys, recipes, tips, insights, and more. Find us on Apple Podcasts, iHeart, and Spotify. If you enjoy the show, please don't forget to subscribe and like. Follow us at Cultivated by Karen Show on Instagram. Welcome back. I'm your host, Karen Antonini, and you're listening to the Cultivated by Karen Show. For more information about this episode and others, please visit at Cultivated by Karen Show on Instagram and cultivatedbykaren.com. I've been speaking with my guest, Clay Connolly, chef and partner at Bucon Group in Palm Beach, Florida. Clay, I'm such a big fan of all your restaurants, and I'm excited to hear which recipe you're going to share with us today. Sure. Well, thank you, by the way. Um, <laughs> so it's it's uh, Maine lobster season just starting up. So I always, uh, and we always have a ceviche on the menu. So I, I figured I'd, I'd share the, the Maine lobster ceviche that we just put on uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's... I love, we were talking about Peruvian flavors and, and I love ceviche and uh, I love to do different versions of it. So this one is, uh, it's Maine lobster. The sauce for it is uh, leche de tigre, which is uh, lemon juice, lime juice soaked with fish scraps and onions and garlic. And, and so, so we take the leche de tigre. So it's just basically flavored fish flavored lemon. I, I like lemon juice. Some people use lime. If if you can get the nice Peruvian limes, you can use those, but lemons are a little more, less bitter than the the, the regular limes. So uh, lemon juice, ají amarillo, which is uh, a puree of Peruvian yellow chilies, makes it spicy. Um, and this is where it kind of veers from a traditional ceviche. We put uh, barrel-aged fish sauce in it. So they take fish really nice fish sauce and let it age in a, in a, in a whiskey barrel. So it's up kind of that flavor of, of whiskey slightly. Um, fish sauce, uh, a little bit of agave. I find with, with lobster, I like a slight sweetness to kind of draw out the sweetness of the lobster. So that's kind of the broth for it. Um, Maine lobster, uh, melon, um, really nice melons right now from Georgia, cantaloupe. But you could use uh, any any kind of melon, honeydew, something sweet and, and good. Uh, diced melon, cilantro, mint, uh, Thai basil, and just kind of let the that kind of marinate. Um, we serve it on top of a avocado puree, which is avocado and coconut milk. But you could also just put diced diced uh, avocado in there. So a little smear of that on the base, and then the lobster ceviche kind of a, a good amount of the juice. So it kind of mixes with the puree. And then on top, just thinly sliced uh, yuca, which is a, another root vegetable from South America. Peel it and then slice it thin and, and fry it. That so sounds it, so good. <laughs> yeah, it kind of veers a little bit into like with the agave and the fish sauce, kind of like almost into like Nuk Cham world of uh, Thailand. So it's kind of uh, a little bit ceviche-ish and, and some slight notes of of, of the you know, Southeast Asia. There's also coconut milk in the leche de tigre. I forgot to mention. Okay. Oh really yeah. Nice, right. Spicy, summery. It's delicious. That sounds so good. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to try that next time. I'm hopefully soon. <laughs> get down there. 
Thank you. Thank you so much, Clay, for sharing that. So where can people find out more information about you and Bukan and the restaurants? BukanPalmBeach.com and GrottoWPB.com. And I think Emoto, EmotoPalmBeach.com. Okay. I believe I, uh, I've given up social media a, a while back, so I'm, I'm no longer on it. So you're I a little free, busy. Free <laughs> that's all right well we'll keep up with you through your your good work at the restaurants instead awesome (laughs) thank you so much clay for being here today such a pleasure to speak with you and i look forward to you going down to your restaurant soon yeah you as well thank you so much thank you thank you friends and fellow food aficionados for joining us today i'd like to thank my producer john ianuzzi park city productions See you next time for more culture, cuisine, and comfort.